Welcome, everybody, to week six of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, reviewing week five, previewing week six. We've got four strong, myself, Matt, Tyler, Peter. Everybody say hello. Yo. Hello. And we'll we're back. We'll be talking uh, everything that went down in week five and then letting you know who we think is going to bring home victories in week six. So let's just dive right into it. I will be talking a little bit about Calgary at Edmonton, uh, a horrible game in many ways, a massive weather delay at the beginning of the third quarter that made this game go on way longer than anybody would have liked it to. Um, and I think I'm going to start something now. It's a, it's a good rule to live by. The only notable games that the Elks are involved in for the rest of the year are ones that they win because that will say very bad things about their opponent. But anybody who beats the Elks, unfortunately, I can't, I'm not going to read too much into it. Um, the Elks were dominated. Um, Kadeem Carey had 104 yards on the ground. Bo Levi Mitchell completed 77% of his passes for two touchdowns. Malik Henry had 150 yards on the ground. Right. Calgary dominated every single facet of the game. Unfortunately for the Elks, Trey Ford was injured in this game. Uh, so that would have been maybe a silver lining for them this season, see him develop, but he's out only for a couple weeks. Um, one thing I will highlight, because I really don't think there's too much to be said about this, is I like the emergence of Peyton Logan um, as kind of a backup running back uh, to spell Kadeem Carey. Uh, you see what's going on in Saskatchewan with Frankie Hickson and Jamal Morrow kind of doing a little bit of a two-back system there. Uh, this week, Peyton Logan for the Stamps, he had 45 yards rushing, in, including a rushing touchdown. He had a massive 122-yard uh, missed field goal return touchdown. Um, so just kind of exciting breakthrough, explosive player uh, for the Stamps to work into their system. Um, they're undefeated, sets up another undefeated showdown, which we'll get to against Winnipeg. Uh, but I got nothing more. What about you guys? Anything to say about this one? It was a snoozer from the beginning. Let's just be honest. It was not not good football. I don't play, think that's what? correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I think I think that was a fair game. I mean, it wasn't long before <laughs> Trey Ford. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was no game of the year so far. But no. I think there was a lot to like actually out of. I don't know, relatively. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But this guy's just happy he had Malik Henry. Let's just get to this. A cut Trey Ford-led <laughs> Elks team, especially if a uh, James Wilder when he when he returns to the lineup. Yeah, I think I think that's not a horrible team. No, like right I don't now, think this it's a horrible right team. Now it's a horrible, it's a horrible team. team. It's a terrible. Team. No, I agree. Horrible yeah, team. But Trey Ford healthy. I wasn't no, thinking. Yeah. yeah, Trey Ford is the answer. But I was, after the win last week, um, and uh, an okay, if not spectacular, you know, first four plays. I like, I like what I see. No, I, I mean, think they're so, up. How classic Elks! He has that incredible <laughs> uh, escape bomb to Kai Loxley, and then he's injured on the next play. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so, no, I I agree. With that, that would be. A silver like Trey Ford developing would have been great. Um, so it's unfortunate that we're going to miss out on that for a few games. Uh, it looks like Taylor Cornelius uh, is going to be the guy uh, this week and maybe for the next couple weeks till Ford is back. Uh, he's going to play quarterback for the Elks. 
So whatever, he's got a big arm. Uh, I don't think he's particularly accurate. Um, uh, we saw a lot of him last year when they were losing a lot of games. So I don't know. It'll be good for him to get in a, another look. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I'm excited. I think Calgary is a they're they're a damn good team. So it's and I believe I selected them to go to the Grey Cup. So I like that at least one of my predictions is coming right. Oh Levi, man, pretty good player. I mean, he is he put all the naysayers Whew. to the wind. Put him to bed. I mean, he's he's playing like you'd expect, man. Yeah. I that yeah. I I may or may not have managed to not start him this week in fantasy, so <laughs> No, he's having he's having a legit season so far. Taking care of the ball. Um he's got right now so far this season he's tied for his most uh, yards per attempt um, in any season of his career with 8.9. Um, he's taking care of the football, right? He's not lighting the world on fire. He's only got six touchdown passes, uh, but he's constantly putting um, Calgary in a position to win. Um, so he, he's performing incredib- incredibly well, in my opinion. I wish Kadeem Carey got the ball a little more just because this is a stat. This is We, we all credit him to be the rushing leader this season, I believe. And I'm with you. Nice pad some stats there it would be i i agree i well i well we're talking about people we want to get the ball reggie bagleton my man only two receptions <laughs> this game only two let me, wow, let, we're me on the topic. let me say something it's not just that bagleton only had two receptions is that he only had two targets okay that's he's only been targeted 19 times so far this season in four games um, that's less than five per game for those counting at home. That's not good enough. Gotta try and get this guy the ball more. Um, it's my opinion has nothing to do with whose fantasy team he plays on. Let's move on, and uh, Tyler will talk to us through the most controversial game of this week of the uh, season Ottawa at Saskatchewan. Uh, 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 probably of the, of the season. season. You're right. Maybe, and there may not be a one that's in more controversial CFL, in CFL history. Tell me what's up. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about the score too much. Saskatchewan uh, played a good first half for the first time this season and, and was able to hold on to the lead. The defense came to play. Uh, uh, Cody Fajardo has become more efficient. since. Uh, we'll get some stats on Cody before we talk about all of the, the fallout after this game. Cody is, since we said he was boring, we, as in the pod. He is 100% me, boring. I should say that's still uh, true. 31 of... 35 of 51, 455 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He's looked very efficient the last two weeks. Um, he's not turning the ball over. Um, the running game is sick. Frankie Hickson. Dude, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, they can, you know, you thought getting rid of, this is the William Powell revenge game that didn't happen um, because Sketch is running the ball better than they have since I've been watching the CFL. So, uh, yes, that's it for the football. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about Masoli. Let's talk about Marino. Marino, Garrett Marino, Marino, not Marino, Marino, uh, has been suspended for three games. Four games. games. Four games. Sorry, uh, for the for the below the leg hit on Jeremiah Masoli and comments of which I don't know the comments and I probably wouldn't repeat them on here anyway. Um, but for apparent racial abuse of multiple times of Jeremiah Masoli, the fact that that was only one game, I think we can all agree is ridiculous. I think. As, even as a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan, I think the team should cut Garrett Marino and that he should, probably should be suspended for the year, if not just for the hit, but also for all of everything else that's come out 
real Richie Incognito situation, if you know that reference. Um, yeah, it's not a it's good the guy look. everybody hates. It's a guy yeah. everybody hates. Apparently, you know, uh, if you haven't, if you're listening to this pod and you haven't uh, watched Nate Bahar's post-game presser about Garrett Marino, I would go on to Twitter and find it. Uh, it will tell you a lot of probably what you need to know about Garrett Marino. Uh, apparently, his own teammates uh, talked to Bahar and said that this has like been an ongoing thing with him. This is not the first time he's taken a shot at Masoli's legs. Uh, he did this also against Masoli when Masoli was on Hamilton. Uh, that resulted in a less serious injury, but also similar type hit uh, lunging at the knees after the play was sort of over. I, uh, I will say that, that Ottawa before that had done some after the play stuff that most players wouldn't appreciate. So I would say that there was animosity over that coming from the Saskatchewan team. But uh, what Marino did is take, took that way to way to another level where it doesn't yeah. need to be. Um, there's one thing to shove players in the ground, you know, after the play is over in the back or something like that. It's another thing to, to you know, to dive at their, their legs once the play is dead. Um, uh, thoughts and opinions about the situation, um, what it means. Now, and, and, and I don't know if we can pick that up from there and talk about Nate Arbuckle. Um, yeah, I think it's a yeah, my, my main takeaway was uh, we've got a problem in the CBA over discipline. Um, I mean, this is something we see with Simone Lawrence, um, who like has I think been suspended once. I saw, um, and so yeah, I mean, the inability of the CFL to levy a a, a suspension over two games is is a problem, and I crazy. And I get that part of the power that the Players Association has over suspensions is that, you know, they've traded uh, a little bit of money for security um, in terms of the the league office's ability to suspend and discipline players uh, specifically for on-the-field um, conduct. But that seems like it's a, a major problem. Um, this was the longest suspension, is the longest suspension, um, for on-the-field conduct in CFL history, and it's only possible because they strung together three different charges. Yeah, they still they jer- they <laughs> rigged so it so that crazy. still the the biggest punishment is two games for a right. single act. Right. Yeah. Like, well, I don't no, want to cut you off. Do you have more to say? Go no, ahead. I mean, I just I think I don't know. We just signed a new two-year uh, CBA, so this will be. I, I'm sure this will come up especially if there are more hits like this. And yeah. um, but we'll see, I think that's just a problem. Um, you know, we've saw, we saw John Murphy uh, last year at the end of the Argos season gets sp- like, he's just not a part of the CFL for an off the field yeah, altercation where he used so, a, a gay slur. Yeah. Um, so it seems like the league doesn't have any qualms with levying serious penalties, but they're hampered. Um, by agreements with the CFLPA, uh, seems like that's going to be a problem. So I want to say, like, yeah, the f- so part of is part of this four game suspension, right? You got the two games for the hit on Masoli, you got the one game uh, for the um, verbal, racial, um, whatever re- disparaging remarks that Marino says, and then you have a one game suspension for a retaliatory hit against Dino Boyd, who's the person who hurt Pete Robertson. 
Like, I don't know if you've guys seen the video of the hit on Dino Boyd, but it is worse, actually, in my opinion, than the hit on Masoli. Hmm. Boyd has his back turned, and Marino dives full force into his leg from behind. Like, it is maybe one of the dirtiest hits I've ever seen. Um, and, yeah, I think Matt Dunnigan said it best. Because he, speaking to what um, Matt, you just said, like, it is the CFLPA's job to protect players, protect their money. But he was like, isn't Jeremiah Masoli a player as well? Like, what about protecting the players on the field? Having Marino on the field is a detriment to other CFL athletes. To the I CFL. Think, I think that the CFL got off the hook here because Ottawa and Saskatchewan don't play again this season. I think if you let's just say I know this we're getting super hypothetical, but let's just say Ottawa and and uh, Saskatchewan played in Week 13. There's oh, no a, way, what a mess. no way, Marino would have been allowed to be on that field, and they would have had to elongate the suspension. They got off the hook because these two teams are not going to come face to face again. Um, yeah. I I don't think four games is enough. Uh, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, but I, I, think, I, I also think another thing. I think they did this thinking if we don't make the suspension mass, like season ending, maybe it will draw less attention. People won't be like, oh, but it did the opposite. I think it, I think it backfired. I think they, yeah, thought, I think they totally we'll, dropped we'll the try ball. To, we'll try to keep the noise down by just making it four games. It's still the longest suspension, but maybe it doesn't draw as much attention. Yeah. And the, it's, I think the general consensus from Twitter and from this pod is that clearly not enough done and actually – you know they've drawn more attention to it by doing that that way. Yeah. Well, just not. It's just not even close to enough done. No. At minimum, done for the season. Agreed. At the very minimum, like my opinion is that he should be indefinitely, well, not indefinitely, permanently kicked out from the CFL. Like no more. Dude, I'm off it with that's, you. That, like I, like I, I no agree. more. Yeah. Like and, and well, it's not even for the verbal. No, I said permanently. Either. I said well, permanently. Which? <laughs> I said permanently last. Okay. I like. I think it definitely the hit, the hit it, the hits the hits yeah. alone. I won't even touch the other stuff. The hits alone, like that, is one of my biggest, uh, like pet beyond pet peeves in football. Almost like a the, bugaboo. The hit. Uh, it, yeah, I almost said it, but Peter's I, not, always talking about not this professional in the But the hits alone should be they uh, banishable. Football's violent enough if you're playing by the rules. Yes. He, you don't need to go out there and completely cheap shot uh, people. Nah, not um, right. I j- yeah, yeah. I, I just think – I think it's on I, – I think uh, – I don't know if the league needed to permanently remove him. I, you know, I don't, I don't think – I think people should get chances, okay? But uh, I think Saskatchewan should cut him. Yeah. I well, I think so. The right, issue with the, that is that around league the, circles, they said that if Saskatchewan cuts him, Edmonton would sign him a second later. And Chris that's, Jones would sign him, so that, they wanted that to is avoid like that. Such, that is such, it's such an indictment on Jones's character. That is, it's that's embarrassing. A terrib- that's a terrible look. If they, I don't, th- I don't think anybody would touch him. To be honest with you, I unfortunately, I think the consensus was the opposite. Okay, but no, because I'm with you, right? You would yeah. think that you would think that people would just toe the party line and say, okay, the league is vi- the league is voiding his contract with Saskatchewan. They did that with. Um, uh, Nate Holly, um, former uh, Calgary Stampeder, um, he 
cannot sign a contract in the CFL because of, I believe, former uh, domestic violence history. So they can totally ban players. Well, but um, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't but believe it's they different. can um, for on the field conduct. Yeah, Everything exactly. we've seen is off the field. So it's yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Ruby with his COVID stuff. Messam with his voyeurism. Yeah. Uh, we had a DUI uh, twenty nineteen. Um. So I think it ultimately is going to come down to what uh, a reevaluation of what the league office yeah. is able to do for on the field conduct. Um. Because I, I thought of the first thing I thought of um, um, eerily similar. Well, not too. It's I think a similar situation was uh, on the in the NFL the Miles Garrett incident uh, against Mason Rudolph when he assaulted Mason Rudolph when he assaulted yes. Mason Rudolph and right. they the NFL indefinite now it ended up being a six game suspension, um, but I think a big part of that it was not permanent. Is, it wasn't permanent, but a big yeah, part no, of it. Again, I'm back on Peter's side now. The line is being drawn. Was <laughs> yeah, you were just like he's done for the year. Cool off. Send him to you, you. You're done for the year. I think that would help all sides. Ah, I, I think this could get a lot worse. Marino's There's, a marked I, man for the rest. of I his do. Career. That's what I'm saying. Like I put my money on this guy getting his knee taken out. Yeah, and then to then to hear that all of his teammates hate him. Yeah. Well, I, I think, and then I think it was Farhan Lalji said, like, he talked to a, a reporter from uh, UAB, University of Alabama, Alabama uh, Birmingham, mm-hmm. who said this is what Marino is like. He's immune to... He just help. looks racist. I'm he's, sorry. There he's, are, he's, he's just a, look at his picture on CFL.com. There are people who've tried to intervene, who've tried to calm him down, who've tried to say, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. He's immune to that. He, this is what he does. And it's like, why would you want that player in your needs, league? Needs psychiatric help. On the yeah. on the team website, he's got a he's got a he's got a he's got a he's got a, he's got a he's in his photo. Like that's incredible. All right, he looks let's like move, a racist the same way Jody Allen this, looks like a Karen. <laughs> let's talk F about Nick. Garrett Marino. Let's talk about, let's all talk my homies hate Garrett Marino. We're not talking about this guy. Nick Arbuckle. Let's talk back. about Nick Arbuckle. Yeah. So that's the big one. Arbuckle on his way uh, from Edmonton to Ottawa for a fourth-round pick. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great for all parties involved. Clearly, Chris Jones never wanted Arbuckle to see the field. Um, I think uh, Arbuckle was playing under an absurd amount of pressure. I think we – I knew it was uh, just a horrible relationship when Arbuckle got pulled for a few possessions of their week one game against BC for Trey Ford. In the first half, Jones didn't even let this dude get a half into the game before he tried to get a look at another quarterback. <laughs> and so this is good. Arbuckle can now play for a team that wants him to be there, or at least is going to help him, uh, you know, not try and crush his confidence every time he makes a mistake. So I'm, I'm all happy about it. Yeah, I'm on Arbuckle's side. Oh, yeah. He seems like a great yeah. dude. Great dude. On a, on a bad team. On a bad team. And so... I, I mean, yeah. okay. Like, he doesn't... He's not throwing to schmucks out there. Like, he's throwing to Kenny Lawler. Yeah, yeah but Kenny Lawler's getting, he's like, he's, he's it's, it's not just one person. He's got a... He's got a and I know that that O-line is just Swiss cheese. But, <laughs> like, I, I sent you guys the stats today. Three for 14. Yep. Zero TDs. Uh... Two interceptions over 25 yards and passes over 25 yards. It's not um, good. 
It is not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. I think it might have been Marshall Ferguson who was just talking about it when he was at, in Calgary filling in for Bo. Um, you know, they played to his strength. I really don't. I don't think that he's a deep threat quarterback. Which I mean, that's just a, that's a problem, just in general. Yeah. Um, but a he can develop that. Hopefully, I, I, I obviously you guys know how sentimental I get over <laughs> CFL players. Like I, yeah. I just want these guys to succeed, and you want to get and better. I, I hope he can develop that yeah. arm, and I hope that in the meantime, uh, Lapo can can get him into a system where. He's doing the screen pre- screen passes, quick passes. He loves to do, um, but but that's you know that's a challenge. Just obviously, every defense knows exactly what to do. You bring the guys in, you just stack that uh, line yeah. of scrimmage, and and that's going to be a really really hard hard road. But I wish him the best. Last thing to say before we move on, we can all take a chance to say, let's just because our voice matters so much. Let's just hope. Jeremiah Masoli. It's not a season-ending injury from what we've heard. He does have to have surgery. I think it's a bone-related surgery, so no ligaments. Um, hope he gets better. You know how I feel about Masoli. Love that dude. This sucks. I was so excited for Ottawa's season. Um, how quickly this, it's gone. This totally sucks. Um, so let's just hope uh, he has a few more years in him. Uh, looks like he's going to be able to get back this year. And so road to recovery starts soon. Uh, with that being said, Matt, give us a rundown on the game of the year so far. Game of the <laughs> year. Uh, this was the game of the year so far. Yes, um, you know, I, you guys, I won't run through the box score for you, but um, this is one of those where it could have been close. Obviously, there's... Uh, Winnipeg is a great defense, and being able to force those turnovers and for the offense to turn those into scoring opportunities, uh, that puts a gap. Uh, the Janarian Grant, you know, <laughs> opening kickoff return for a touchdown. That was tough. That's hard to come back from. Um, yes. But it really looked like there was not a, a game between these two where the BC Lions would come out on top. It seemed like uh, a... It seemed like the uh, my, my two big takeaways were the receivers for Winnipeg were able to get open and make plays, um, and obviously the, uh, great credit to Zach Kolaros as well. Um, I think that Dal- first Dalton shown TD was a great example. Um, double coverage, Kolaros is throwing over, I don't know who the other receiver is, but he's throwing over another Winnipeg receiver and a defender, um, and just perfectly placed. Uh, and it really sort of looked like, and we haven't seen this before, BC defenders not really aware of Oof. quite what's going on. They they yeah. looked in a way they haven't at all this year, except against Ottawa in the second. A half. bit vanilla, some may say. <laughs> they looked a little disoriented, like, and I don't. I mean, two-time defending Grey Cup champions, Caleros um, yeah. is old, like maybe he's just a little rusty, but like he's getting better again. He's just continuing to improve. It's Dude, it is so it. annoying to have to eat crow like this. Like it sucks. I'm not here for it. Boo. So, so he's 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 improving again after a short, after a, a long start, and it's like what the hell. Um, and and then obviously the Winnipeg defense. Just oh, it's it's really good. You guys um, want a stat? You guys want a good stat? Stat me up, baby. Need a stat. 
Time of possession for Winnipeg, 39 minutes. It's pretty strong. <laughs> 39 minutes. That's it's not just strong, it's just that is that's embarrassing for BC, honestly. That's, <laughs> that that's 39 minutes. I mean I mean they had the ball for two thirds of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So Winnipeg defense just able to just dominate. Um yeah, so uh, on both sides of the ball, Winnipeg proved to be without a fluke. I don't think this would have been. Uh, I don't think in ten games this ends within, you know, a score with within a touchdown of each other. I think no, Winnipeg they, they crushed them, man. They crushed I think, yeah, I think they really just put on the the accelerator, just <laughs> drove right over them. The big yeah, I want to point out um, my man, and I like this guy, so I. Obviously, think he's still top notch, but dude, James Butler and I, you know, they get down early, so obviously you're not going to be Took running him the ball the as game. much. But man, just taking away that run game from BC uh, was tough, and that really, really, I think, impacted Rourke's ability to have time with the ball off those RPOs. Uh, so that was bad. Um, I think that if, when they play again, that's something BC needs to address, try to establish that run early, because um, I think that's what's really been working for them so far this year. And then one other thing I'll say, sorry, I'll feel, fill the dead air. Winnipeg, what they're doing with Dalton Schoen, like that guy's incredible. Ellingson, clearly not washed. One caveat, they need to figure out something to do with Rashid Bailey. He played. I know um, Tyler agrees. Oh he boy! Played in the slot <laughs> his first two seasons. So now he's playing pick. wide out. So you, like, they, I forget who wrote. I'm sorry, I can't credit them. But somebody wrote an article about this at the beginning of the season. You know, Bailey, something like 90 percent of his snaps in his first two seasons were with the waggle, and then this year he's playing wide out from a set position. He is completely absent from. Winnipeg's offense. This the man year. needs He's a waggle. Only been targeted 27 times. He only has 16 receptions in five games for 161 yards. He is far too talented of a player um, to be so underutilized. So I don't know if they find somebody can else you, to split out. Say he's underutilized. <laughs> I think he's they're, underutilized. They're five and zero. Oh. oh, do you want them to win? Have won like an extra game, like? I'm, no, well, I think I'm he would like them to here. win. He I'm would like them here. to win with some, with an, uh, yeah. some Which is Bailey success. Like, no, I, I'm just yeah, just pointing no, out. No, I'm that, with you. I'm with you. Like, yeah, they they can they they've underutilized who you know a lot of us thought would be you know their top one or two option this year, and they're five and zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're not it's, even running. They're not even running the ball well. They're improving. They're improving. That's the thing. That's, that's the terrible. That's what they sucks. Were, the yeah. terrible part. No, this even, is the, they, this they haven't the, even had a hundred yard rusher yet. All right, this is what I gotta say. What pisses me off about this game, the quote calling them a vanilla offense through their first four games was one hundred percent fair and true. It is. You, that this is was, a correct this is still assessment. Not a super exciting game. They then put in this incredible performance, but that doesn't mean nobody was wrong. I'm. I'm going to die on this hill. Nobody was wrong calling them vanilla through their first four games. No. They then went in and put it in incredible offensive performance, so good for them. Um, but 
Anyway, this team, I, have, I, I yeah. hate the Bombers. They make Dude, me eat crow just... every week. I hate Zach Claros because he's so good, and yet I just... They're, they're just more refined than everybody by absolute miles. They are just put together in a nice old tux. They know what their identity is. They Zach knows that he's not some 25-year-old dual-threat quarterback and just gets the job done. I'm going to say they, this. They are I a know. simple, simple team, much like the Rough Riders, but in a little bit more successful way. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm out on DC having a good defense. I think the first two weeks were in illusion. I think that they're starting to show that they're not up to snuff. They've been. I think BC's defense has been figured out. We'll see about that. And I think R- Rourke is is trying to do a lot when they can't run the ball. That was that was a very good take. I also think that, and I I, I will stick with this. I think he's super talented and can overcome it. And if he yeah. He he probably is giving away stuff that's leading to more turnovers. There's more film on him now, so defense the True. defenses are preparing for him. Have look at film from the season, you know, know what he's going to run. He might be giving away stuff. He might be focusing in on on one or two guys. Uh, also, where's Lucky Whitehead the last two weeks? Yeah, let's not talk about it. Hey, that's a good question. First pick in the CFL draft, by good the question. way. Yeah, All well, right, my second pick is not playing for the rest of the season, so. <laughs> Let's move on. Do we have any final notes on the week that was week five in the CFL? No, not a great week. Gotta be honest. With three game, first of all, three games. One was an absolute just lap. There was lap. a shadow cast over the yeah the, the, yeah, the, bomb, the bombers. The well, it should be clear that the bombers. We we didn't we didn't definitively say it. the bombers are the best team. In the CFL, I mean, I put them number Num- one in my the power, number power yeah. rankings. Tyler was right that number one team and continue to be. I can't believe I went against my own word, which you should never do as a man. No, you shouldn't. Picked against picked against them, I but I no, they're the best power. team. They're the best team. All right, well, let's run through league leaders really quick. Um, passing yards: Nathan Rourke with one thousand three hundred and fifty-five. Rushing yards leader, Jamal Morrow, 335. Receiving yards leader, Malik Henry, 388. Um, He's trailed by Dom Rimes with 371. So two guys shooting up the leaderboard with massive weeks this week. And then still our sacks leader, uh, Pete Robertson, 7. Unfortunately, our man is out for, I think, four to six weeks with a foot injury. Um... So another casualty of a dirty hit. Hate to see it. Um, so hopefully uh, he'll get back. I, I would like to see if he's still the sack leader when he comes back in a few weeks. That's something we'll have to keep track of. He's got of. two scotch, scotch players right on his heels. So now it is time to get into our week six preds, starting with first in the predictions pool, Tyler Press. Tyler, who do you think is going to win Edmonton at Montreal? Both teams are administratively a mess. True. Will t- in that situation, I will take the home team with that has a better quarterback. And uh, I'm going to go with Montreal. I think it'll be a pretty easy win for them. Okay. Peter? Uh, yes, I will be taking the Montreal Alouettes uh, simply because I cannot pick the Edmonton Eskimos. Matthew? I think, for me, it's... The Edmonton be- whom? Whom, Peter? Whom did you not You said Elks. Okay. Uh, why, Peter? <laughs> you can't just say that. 
What? Go on. No. You Don't can't worry. just predict the Elks to win a game. And oh no! Leave. Sorry, he didn't. No, 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 no. He picked. He picked. Tyler thought he said Esks. Yeah, but he predicted the Elks. No, I think no. he said. No, he said Montreal. Tyler is confusing everybody. Should we restart this again? <laughs> no, we're uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I will be selecting the Montreal Alouettes. Yes, it's going to be a sweep for the Alouettes. Um, I just, yeah, there's no reason to pick Edmonton, uh, and Montreal has a win this year, which is something you can't say about um, a lot of Eastern teams. So, I've got. You Montreal. almost said. You almost said Edmonton. I've got Montreal. Um, now we move to. Our second showdown of undefeated teams for the second week in a row. We've got Calgary at Winnipeg. I will say, now this is certainly the game of the week, but it is not the game of the year so far. This doesn't have the same excitement as BC Winnipeg had. Why not? Do you guys feel the same way? Why not? Dude, I don't don't feel the same way. You think this has as much cachet? It doesn't have as much cachet, but it's got some dogs in it, dude. No, I'm stoked for this game. It's got the boys, which makes it just as exciting. It's the second best game of the year. Both these teams are playing. BC was even in the playoffs last year. Okay, so Tyler, you're more hyped for this game than you were last week. Uh, For these two more established teams that have been doing it for several years in a row, yeah. I think this that's is, a fair take. Dude, no way. I think that's I think crazy. That's fa- no, I think that's a fair take. That I could not. I disagree think it's a fair more. take. I, I don't think it's true. I could not disagree. I do more. not believe I, that Tyler. I was or way Peter, more, excited more excited for the up and coming yeah, fresh absolutely. blood to challenge the establishment. That well, to me was. Preferred. I think the Stoke level was fairly high for last weekend, but I don't think that. Like I, I think that this is. I, I don't. So I, for I, you too, this is the game of the year so far. Yes. Yes. These teams are better matchup. Better 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 matchup. Better matchup. Well, Peter, tell us who you got then. Kick it off. Well, it's a better matchup for Winnipeg, but I'm not going against my word, even though I've already done it already, so it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, But I'm not going against my word. Um, I think that the Bombers have every team's number. Um, I think they're, um, like Tyler said, they're established. Two-time defending Grey Cup champs. Uh, what they do is win, and I, I don't think that that stops this week. Okay, Matt, I agree. Uh, I think that this will be a really good game. Um, very interested to see what the Calgary run game. Uh, if there's a way that Calgary wins this one, it's if they can beat Winnipeg on the ground. Uh, but I definitely think that um, uh, Winnipeg's going to win that they're gonna win winning peg winning peg yeah you got it i have winnipeg as well uh simply for the fact that i don't want to get another pred incorrect i would prefer for calgary to win this game i will cheer for calgary to win this game um but i'm gonna pick winnipeg bum, bum, bum. i want to pick calgary so badly oh yeah, yeah it would be great and I, I think it would be my third time picking against Winnipeg this season, which is so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, so dumb. So dumb. But but I'm picking Calgary. Nice. nice. I, you, I, all right. That's awesome. I'm I think pi- it's great. I'm, picking, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm picking Calgary because I think, uh, I think they have a better run game 
that they have the best running back that's healthy in the CFL right now. Established again, I'm super hyped about the Saskatchewan run game, but Kadeem Carey is that guy to me, uh, and I think he takes his game as uh, an opportunity to State. to really c- cement uh, his reputation. Uh, I like Calgary on the road too. Just crushed another team on the road last week. I, I, I don't know. They've looked pretty solid to me ever since the uh, the comeback against Hamilton. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with I'm you. Like, I agree. Calgary's got the veteran players to to take on Winnipeg. I, I do think if they win, it's on like a, a game winning field goal or something. I don't think it's a. Uh, I don't think they win by more dominate. Than, yeah, m- more than three points. No, yeah, no domination. I would like to see Calgary get up early, like I hoped happened last week, and it was the exact opposite. But I want to see a team get up on Winnipeg big early, two scores, and see how Winnipeg uh, reacts after that. Maybe um, that that should be how every game starts against Winnipeg. Yeah, agreed. All right. Saskatchewan at Toronto. Toronto coming off its second bye week of the year. Um, Sketch traveling there. Matt, who you got? Oh, man. I think this is going to be a fairly... This is should note touchdown Atlantic, fairly big trouncing um, uh, by the the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I yeah I don't see this being really close. Um, although no I, I don't kind of like last close. week with Ottawa. This <laughs> I I think I'm interested to see which Toronto like to, let's not forget I think you know it was kind of fluky kind of weird how it happened but. Hey, Toronto only lost to Winnipeg by one point, and they really should have tied it and sent it to overtime. Um, now, they got down big early, and then they had to come back. I think they got lucky with that Brandon Banks touchdown that should have been an interception, in my opinion. But I, I think Toronto – I don't think Toronto will get blown out of the ballpark here. Uh, but I, I do think Skatch will win. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Tyler? Yeah, I think Toronto keeps it close – it's a home game for them, their last home game, the Boris. It is not a home game. It's a oh. neutral site game. Oh, neutral site game. It's touchdown Atlantic. Okay, I didn't really – yeah, sorry. Um, Saskatchewan has just got a weird locker room vibe right now. I don't know if that's good for them going to this Ooh, game. True, true. I liked I, – Toronto played so well in that second half against Winnipeg. They got fresh legs. Saskatchewan, you know, they've played, played every week. They haven't had an off week yet. I think they got. I think they get tired on this one. I think they're tired. There's injuries. No Robertson. No Marino. D- Dickinson's getting called out on Instagram by Masoli. Give me Toronto uh, in a weird in a weird one. I, that's an all right pick. That's an all right pick. Great pick. I, I hate you for it, Tyler. I hate <laughs> that you have the guts. I hate that you. I hate that you are in the lead and you can take these risks. Well, I just have to be a basic <laughs> You have to be chalk A basic, guy. a triple B, a basic basement <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Peter, who you got? Um, I will be picking Saskatchewan. Okay. Um, Any particular reason? Well, they... they I, I was a doubter, uh, I believe, as we, were you, John. Um, yes. But no, the uh, the ground game, obviously, we've said it a hundred times. Um, it's it's scary. I mean, to no have joke. Two, run, two running backs that can perform as, as starters would, um, 
is something a lot of uh, CFL teams don't have. So that, I mean, paired with, uh, I mean, truly a vanilla offense. That's something we can all agree yes. on. Um, that yeah, they're gonna, they're going to be able to get it done, grind it out. I don't think it'll be uh, quite as big as Matt said. Not to say Matt's pred is bad. Um, but no, I, th- I think it'll be a closer game. But no, Scotch grinds it out. They're uh, they're on. They they got some momentum with them. All right, and finally, we've got the saddest game of the week. A showdown of no, it's not because one of these teams is gonna have a win after this week. So this is a happy. This is a happy game. You're right. The ending will be happy. The beginning, sad. We love a happy ending. Wow. Ah, Sean. There you go. It's your own damn fault. I, <laughs> I knew it the second after I said it. All right. We've got Ottawa at Hamilton. Um, I don't. It's still. Arbuckle was at practice this week, but I don't believe. He's not official, not playing, not starting. Yeah, I don't believe he's going to start. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing Caleb Evans uh, for Ottawa. I think. Hamilton coming off a bye week. Um, there's, I think it's, I think Hamilton gets on the board here. They get a win. I've got the Tie Cats. Is it me? It's you. Tie Cats at home, bye week, better quarterback. Need, I mean, need it. I need it. I mean, there, it, you know, last, it's, it's so interesting how week to week everything moves in the CFL. Last week, Hamilton was the team in free fall. Uh, we all said they were trash. Most, I think we all had them last in our preds. And it's funny how how Ottawa, how quickly, yeah, an, in, an injury and all that mess and that fallout of the Saskatchewan game has us all looking at Ottawa like, well, actually they are a much bigger mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, injury to the most important position in the game will do that to you. So, uh, yeah, ha- Hamilton's Hamilton is focused on the game. Ottawa is focused on a whole bunch of other stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Pete. Hamilton. And finally, Matt. It's going to be Hamilton. Ooh, so we've got a couple of sweeps. And then we've got T-Press going out on his own on Fred, for a couple of games. Fred Island. We want, we want Hamilton to win this one. Yeah, I think yeah. everybody I, wants Hamilton I would like to Hamilton to win this. Uh, I think you... I, I predated them into the Grey Cup. I really want them to win this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I did too. <laughs> but like, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. I know I'm going to keep just... Saying it each week, it's all—it's not too soon to start looking at the crossover. You, the Eastern teams, you got to start kicking it into gear because getting third is not going to be good enough. I would—I would bet money on that now. That's a good call. Yeah. So, I will tell you. I'll—I'll I'll make a pred right now. The last day of the season in the Eastern Conference will have somebody getting out of the playoffs and somebody getting in. I really think it's going to be that—that that wire to wire. Like, wins are going to come at a premium in the East. But eventually they're going to be playing each other enough that somebody has to win. That's a good point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like That's what, like, that, like, no, but, well, and, but and I don't see any separation. Enough. For sure, but so, but the way I see it now is I don't see a team who's clearly above the rest, right? So I think they can beat up on each other in a round-robin format where, uh, win a, or um, sorry, Hamilton gets They're, a win, then Montreal gets, gets a win. A couple, so they yeah. just even each other out. And if, I know if, the same if thing Toronto is can the play, West, but these Western teams already have a three-game head start, and Winnipeg's like, not going to stop losing or stop winning. Sorry, no, 
No. So anyway, Matt, talk fantasy really quickly before we send these people on their merry way to enjoy their weekend of CFL action. Yeah. Uh, so apologies for uh, graphics over the last few days. Uh, I I think I'm going to have some time to put some together. Uh, but Appreciate we had it. a to go back to last week. Um, we had an interesting. I guess you probably got into it, but um, as for, I didn't have time also to listen to last week. So whatever you said bad about me, I <laughs> forgive you preemptively. I don't. We don't need to rehash it. Um, anything bad? <laughs> no, no dragging. <laughs> so uh, I am back on top. Thank God. I was really feeling like things were not going my way. Had a huge game out of Zach Caleros, uh, Greg Ellingson uh, doubling up, and then of course Malik Henry. Uh, with those 150 yards and a score Ooh. for 27 points. I came the closest, but no one this uh, year so far has uh, cracked the 100 mark. So uh. I was 95.7, just right, just just tickling it. Damn, dude. Um, so that jumped me over Tyler, uh, but again, just barely. 357.8 to his 352.3. Uh, he was second weekly as well, uh, 78.9. Uh, Dom Rhymes. Huge thirty one point six, the yeah. the top of for anyone um, this week. Uh, well back, um, but still kind of part of that upper echelon is uh, Peter. Uh, <laughs> crazily enough, uh, for the second uh, week or for, yeah for the second time this year, a uh, defensive team has led a team. So I had Winnipeg lead. A few weeks ago, and Peter, you had Calgary with it, an astounding twenty-six points. Unbelievable <laughs> performance from the boys. Well, made up, made up for me playing a quarterback that wasn't starting this week. Yeah, we imagine <laughs> what could have been. Well, think about he, if you think about it in the way that each position gets thirteen, it doesn't seem as bad. No, hey. uh, and another uh, blank from uh, Darwin Adams, which is surprising, but happens to the best of them. And unfortunately, John, continuing the woes, uh, like you mentioned, Reggie Bagleton, two receptions. Um, Kenny Lawler was only 2.7. Edmonton, they let up a, a fair amount of points, which hampers the number of points the defense can score. Um, but you did have a, a good game out of Nathan Rourke in a losing effort. Uh, he led you guys at a 19.1. So, John, unfortunately, you were the only one not in the 300s. After five weeks at 298, so gonna start calling you Pete, pal. <laughs> Dude, I, it's just like, yeah, the fact that Keon Hatcher goes, what do you have? 155 receiving yards. <laughs> yeah, two weeks ago, and then this past week he had. You know, it's, no, it doesn't matter. No, my three receivers didn't add up to 10 total points. Yeah. Oh, it's a hard. It's a hard one. If, if he had told me when we started this pod. That there would be a season this five weeks in, and that John would be last in Preds and last in fantasy, I would have laughed in your face. John Dude. dominated us at the beginning of this podcast. The fantasy thing is just total bad luck. I've got it. the Preds—that's me being. Hey, dude. Now hey, hey, no, no, my hey, position hey, like hey, lap hey, from no, last year. It you wasn't just didn't, that I didn't oh, set my stop, Peter. Up. You, you didn't. You, oh, you did not do that either. So, no. It, well, yeah, it wasn't just that. It was that I had horrible luck. Well, yeah. Willie Stanback, my first pick, is not playing on my team, and I'm somehow five points off the lead. So we can sit here to make excuses for our teams, or you could just pick better players. I picked just point. fine. All right. All right. Matt, tell us who's leading the fantasy, though. Me. <laughs> yeah, me at 
5.57.8, then Tyler oh, yeah. 352.3, Peter at 333.4, and John at 298 square. All right, well, I'm going to turn things around. There's no doubt about it. This is going to be a winning week for me. Um, Hamilton defense is going to dominate for you, I think, this week. That's I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I hope we get a big week out of the Hamilton. I hope Dane Evans finally cracks out, doesn't throw a bunch of interceptions. Um, I, I Kenny's going to get his. Montreal pass defense isn't that great. That, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's all we got for you this week. Thank you for listening. Send us DMs to at Shups and Preds on Twitter.com. Um, and let us know what you think. Leave us a review. Only nice ones. <laughs> and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace out. Peace. That was a happy ending. <laughs>